Hello, my friends, and welcome to your Life Now show. This is Coach Ria. I am so delighted to be here with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody in the chat room, and thank you for listening live. Um, archive, this show will be archived um, later on and also available on iTunes podcast for free download if you wish to download the show. Just to give you a little background on who I am, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional coaching service. I am certified personal, professional, and leadership life coach. I work with individuals and businesses, helping them achieve their goals and leading them to a fuller, meaningful life. My intention of having this show is to inspire you to make a positive changes in your life so you can lead and have the life you desire. Of course, if you'd like to know a little bit more about me and my work, please visit my website at www.coachingbyria.com. And I'm also available on Skype if you'd like to chat with me or send me a message there. Coach Ria, one word, uh, Skype. That's my Skype ID. And uh, um, I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to be able to help you. On this show, as I said, we, we try to cover different topics, some of these topics related to our everyday life, like personal relationship, professional relationship, money, career, finances, um, uh, self-esteem, spirituality. I try to bring on guests to the show that, we can, that can help you, and we try to cover some of these areas and see if we can give you something to take from that can help you in your daily life. On my today's show, I really all I ask of you, I always put it out there. I like I ask of you to have an open mind and open heart for everything that's being discussed here. And I think the possibility and the choices are amazing. What's out there? So choose what is right for you, and what works for you. And that's all I ask of you. Today we're talking about beyond the third dimension, and uh, with guest author Rob Bryanton. Um, Rob is the author of the book imagining the tenth dimension. Now, just a little bit background before we bring Rob on the air. Rob Bryanton has worked in music, film, and television for most of his life. He is a songwriter, a video blogger, a published author with successful science philosophy book about the nature of reality called Imagining the Tenth Dimension. Famous science author Greg Baer winner of both prestigious Napoleon and Hugo Award, had this to say about Rob's book, a fascinating, clear, elegant, personal, and provocative. Well-known author and research scientist David J. Brown called Rob's book one of the most brilliantly conceived and mind-stretching book I have ever read. And I have to say that because I have read the book um, and uh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Now, Rob actually lives right now and works in Regina, Saskatchewan, uh, Canada. Since 1995, Rob has managed the operation of Talking Dog Studio, which as of 1999 was the only studio between Toronto and Vancouver fully authorized by Dolby Laboratories for theoretical five theoretical 5.1 mixing. In 2004, he bought out his partners and became Talking Dog's sole owner. Congratulations to that, Rob, which has a full-time staff of 10-year round and created, 
creates employment for as many as 14 additional engineers during the busy part of the post-production year. Rob has been nominated nine times in the last nine years. That is fascinating for Canada prestigious Gemini Award. Of course, you can learn more about Rob by visiting his website. Of course, also his channel. I know in the chat room I had put one of the links to his YouTube videos to sort of kind of give you a little bit of, of explanation on what we're going to be talking about um, with the uh, imagining the tenth dimension. But you can visit his website at www.talkingdocstudios.com and as well as www.tenthdimension.com. He is on YouTube. All you have to do is just put his name, Rob Bryanton, um, in the search on YouTube, and you can see a lot of his videos and, and, and his recording as well on there. Now, before I bring Rob on, on, the, uh, on the show... I also like you to help me welcome him. I'm gonna take a short break. I'm gonna check in the chat room, and then when we get when we get back, we're gonna have Rob on the show, and uh, um, we'll take your questions. Of course, you can you can call the show, or you can just leave your question in the chat room. So please stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thank you so much. Okay, my friend, thank you so much for being here. This is your life now, and uh, this is Kotria. You are listening um, to uh, um, my guest, Rob Bryanton. We're talking about imagining the tenth dimension. Is there really anything beyond the third dimension? I do believe that. Please share your 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 um, your thoughts about the subject and uh, give us a call. Chat with Rob or myself. I know I have him on speaker. He's on my Skype, actually, contact, because we couldn't get him on the Block Talk Radio Skype for whatever reason. The number to call in is 626-213-5773. The chat room is always open as well. You can put your question there. Um, I'm, I'm really delighted to have him here. This is this is a fascinating subject. And, and thank you again, Rob, for being here. My pleasure. 
Thank you so much. All right, so when we left off before the break, we were talking about, um, um, you know, is there really uh, the deja vu, you know, like does that really, how do you explain deja vu? And, and uh, can you take us back from here, you know, to see, you know, explain to our uh, listeners, you know, w- w- what is really deja vu and is that existing in a different time and dimension or what, what we feel you know, that we've been there, I've done this, I really, I mean, I can tell you, like, I can go in detail. Like, when I go to places sometimes and I, I got that deja vu feeling, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I go like this, like, how can that even be possible, right? And I know some people experience it a little bit more than others, but I am very, very in tune with, <laughs> with like, even feeling and seeing things, you know, like, a, and, 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 you know, almost like believing that I was there, like living it and, and had experienced this before. Yes, it's it's interesting to think about this in terms of us being a point in the fifth dimension because it it gives you a way of thinking about something that goes beyond our physical reality, and uh, you know people like uh, Schrodinger portrayed life as being something that works against entropy, tries to create pockets of negative entropy, and the way it does that is by engaging with space-time outside of space-time is the way I I like to put it. So if you're thinking about your own awareness, you can be very, very focused just on right now, but there's also, because there's this part of you that exists within a fifth-dimensional probability space, there's parts of your awareness that can extend well outside of this now, and that's where you get into some of these experiences where intuition or... or, um, deja vu or you know being able to to see something that is coming towards you uh, it's it's really the way we have to operate if we weren't able to see things that were coming towards us we'd be constantly stepping out in the street in front of a bus and we'd all be we'd all be toast you know so so uh, thinking about our awareness then as being something that uh, that can be very focused right here in the now or something that can extend well beyond that space-time is just a natural occurrence for each of us. It's the way we have to be able to operate. But isn't it have to do with consciousness as well? I mean, the more we conscious at this present moment, the more we can experience, you know, uh, a, a different time and different, you know, I mean, if we, I mean, I don't know if you have seen the movie um, What the Bleep Do We Know down the uh, rabbit hole? Have you seen, right. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, many years ago. Yeah, I haven't I seen it in a while, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Actually, I was, I was just, uh, um, I just watched it not so long ago, and it kind of like brought me to, to thinking about what we're talking about. Like, you know, I mean, because most people really, if you really think about it, unfortunately, live in a one to two dimensional world. They don't really see themselves as a three dimensional. They are not present. They're not conscious in the present moment, and therefore, their experience is almost like. Uh, um, controlled by, I mean, I, I don't even know how to explain that, but I mean, it just, uh, it, I, I think unconsciousness is, is tend to be the the, uh, um, the behavior of most people. We, we tend to be robotic. I mean, we don't really, you know, uh, be present in this moment to see exactly what's going on. And I think if you, like, if you remember what's going on right now, and, and so next time you experience something similar, you know how to deal with it. At, whatever happened in that past or whatever that point was, that time frame was. 
Do you do you I mean do you follow what I'm saying? So I mean I, I, I think people have a hard time to even think of themselves as a three dimensional or they don't operate I mean they know we're three dimensional beings but they don't operate from that perspective. Most of us are flatliners, sort of like, you know, one dimension, two dimension, we can't like really see beyond, you know, what's what's out there. And I think in that movie, uh, when they have that character, like uh, the uh, animated the character talking about like you know he's like are you God I'm like no I'm <laughs> I just live in the third the third dimension and you live in the first and second dimension I thought that was pretty uh, pretty bizarre but you know but that's true that's true yeah. well uh, there's another uh, book that I think uh, ties nicely to this discussion uh, written by Dr Jill Bolt Taylor my stroke of insight have you read that yeah. book yes okay uh-huh. so. Uh, I think it's a great example of how you can think about the left brain being the, the thing that is tied to this very physical now and the right brain being the part that is tied to this much broader picture that is uh, outside of our space-time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthony Peake is another uh, author who's put out a couple of books now, Is There Life After Death and the Daemon, that uh, is working uh, with these ideas as well, that there is uh, quite possibly, uh, when you're thinking about what Dr. Joe Bolt Taylor was talking about, the idea that there is something connected well outside of the very uh, limited physical reality that we have, that it is part of our consciousness and that connects us all together. Uh, that's what you're thinking about, again, when you when you back out to this, this uh, thinking about our reality as just being a point, uh, that's where those connections are possible to, to occur because when it's all, when you back out to the point where it is just a point, then it's all connected together in a way that is instantaneous. And that's, uh, that's what quantum physicists are always talking about as well, is that, that there's an underlying field structure that uh, is the quantum wave function where anything can be connected to anything instantaneously. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really true. Now, in your book, you talk about, I want to go back to the, to the observer. I mean, what do you, when you talk about the observer, um, simply through the act of observing, we create the reality. Right. So uh, when we're talking about this, there's, there's two ways that people generally approach this idea. One is in what's called the Copenhagen interpretation, which is that there's this wave function of possible realities, and when you, as the quantum observer, observe them, you somehow collapse that wave function. You make all the other realities go away. And uh, that has been what's been taught for most of the 20th century as being the reality of it. And the issue that, uh, that arises from that that you sort of have to sweep under the table is it places uh, the, the quantum observer in this incredibly powerful uh, ability to be able to collapse the universe's entire wave function just through looking at it. And it, it seems when you when you say it that way to be absurd that that is the way that that scientists have been saying to each other uh, that the quantum of observation really uh, works it, that there's this you know I, I hate to use the word magical uh, you know in ter- terms of the, the way scientists are thinking about it there's this magical thing that happens where 
if you're not looking at it, it's in superposition, it's a whole bunch of possibilities. When you look at it, bam, the wave function collapses. So that's, that's the way that uh, people have been thinking about it for the most part. But the opinion that now is, is becoming more and more predominant is what I was talking about before Everett's interpretation of this, which is that you don't collapse the wave function, you just observe it. And all of the other possible states continue to exist, but that's not the one you're observing. And it actually, when, when, uh, when people come to accept the idea that all those other possibilities continue to exist, it actually makes a lot more sense because then it is back to that idea of there being this gigantic map and you're not somehow by going down street A causing street B to stop existing, you're just on street A and that's the one that you're on, that's the one that you're observing, but the rest of the map continues to exist. And the, the nice thing about that is, is it again gives you a way to think about free will, but it also gives you a way to think about morality because maybe street B was the, the street where you were going to go rob a bank. You chose not to go on Street B, so therefore your free will chose not to observe the version of you that made the wrong choice, the version of you that uh, you know is is not getting to the best possible you exists within the wave function, but that's not the version that you're choosing to observe. So you almost like you what you're saying. I mean, correct me if I'm if I misunderstood you, but what you're saying basically, the way we avoid doing things or we don't do our free will, make the decision for us because we observe the situation before it actually happens. Well, you yeah, you're constantly doing that anyway. In right. fact, okay, right. <laughs> uh, you know, right now, even as as you're looking around you, it takes about 200 milliseconds for the light that hit, hits your eye to go down the optic nerve to hit the brain. So even what you're seeing right now uh, is actually being created by your brain as it predicts what it's going to look like around you a fifth of a second from now. And if your brain wasn't doing that, you wouldn't be able to catch a baseball. You wouldn't be able to, to uh, you know, do anything that requires a fine uh, uh, gradation of, of motion uh, within that fifth of a second that is, is being created. So, uh, so even right now, we're engaged with space-time every second. We're not in the third dimension for sure. And I can say that with, with ease because the third dimension is space without time. Oh, okay. So when you add the time, right. okay. So, uh, you know, for instance, when you look in the night sky, right. you look at one star, and that star is 10 light years away, and you look at the next star to it, and it's 50 light years away. Your brain is telling you those stars are right next to each other. You're somehow taking all of that information that's blending from the different times that the, all those elements are coming towards you from, and you're you're synthesizing an idea that it's a third dimension, but it, it isn't. And that's just as true for your hand in front of your face. The, that hand that's in front of your face, it takes a certain amount of time for the light to get from your fingers to your eye. So you're not looking at the third dimension. You couldn't possibly be because you, the, the third dimension doesn't have time within it. So, uh, so again, these are these are the kind of ideas that that uh, people just toss that idea that we're in the third dimension out without even thinking about it. You know, we're 
definitely not in the third dimension. That wouldn't make any sense at all to, to say that we exist in something that has no ability to change. There's, uh, that's the only way that you can have change is, is by moving from state to state with it, using the direction of time. Well, I mean, that's true, but what I meant, like, you know, we are three-dimensional beings, but there exists as another dimension to it, you know, when, you, when you're talking about time and, 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 and space. And I think right. that's, that's why it's so hard to, you know, most of us to kind of, like, you know, bring it to, to understand it. But I, I totally understand what, you, what you're saying. What came to my mind when I was thinking about, like, um, I, I was just traveling. I just went to, um, to L.A. and I attended the Emmy. I was, like, walking the red carpet. And if you asked me a month ago would I have been there, I would say I would not have thought of it, right? But when I was there, I almost, like, felt like I was almost um, – like that, that I had already prepared like before ahead of time, how would I behave, how would I be, like what kind of person, what kind of, you know. It, 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 so that's, that's because I was observing that moment, that time frame. I mean, it, it, I, I think it's always confusing when you think like, you know, you're here one day and then you next day you're in a different place. Um, but that's a different point. That's a different time, not a different exactly. dimension. Okay. So, yeah, it's a different position within that big map that we're all navigating within. Okay, okay. So um, I found a, a song that you had uh, um, sung. It's called Tighten It All Together. I'd like to play it if that's okay with you. And, sure. And, and I want to check the chat room and see what people uh, um, uh, are talking about. And, and I hope they can hear you this time. I think I, this time I got you on the speaker well. So we'll... Uh, We'll go from there. All right, hold on in a second, please.
Okay, welcome back, my friends. This is Kotria. You are listening to your Life Now show with me here in the show um, using my Skype on my cell phone. That was the only way I can get them on, so I apologize if the sound quality is not the best. Um, for some reason, uh, Block Doctor, your Skype does not work um, for my guests. Anyway, uh, we are talking beyond the third dimension. We are um, trying to see if we can imagine the tenth dimension. And I know a few of you had a few questions for Rob. I'm going to go ahead and, and ask the first question. Um, Rob, um, Jake had said, um, let me see, where is Jake's question? He said, can energy be slowed down to create matter? Right. Well, I mean, energy and matter are really the same thing already. That's what E equals MC squared is telling you, is that there's a direct equivalence between the two. So can energy be slowed down to create matter? I'm not sure if I understand the question, but, yes, there's definitely an equivalence between the two that uh, that happens throughout the universe. So, uh, so there's, there's ways that energy can be uh, used, but slowed down, I'm not sure I understand the question. All right, well, I just replied to him to see if he can call and clarify exactly what he mean by that. The other question here, um, let's see here. Okay, uh, what is, um, what is your, what your opinion or what's your intake about people manifesting reality? I do this all the time, so I know that works. Um, or like sort of the law of attraction, you know, LOL. Sure. That. I think that's, uh, I do it all the time because I, I can tell you I, I manifested a lot of things. Um, so what do you think? Well, definitely attitude affects outcome and people, uh, people are able to affect uh, what paths they're choosing. I guess the, the only thing about the, the law of attraction is, is it still, for me, uh, leaves you open to the you know accusation that you're saying that the starving child in Africa could become rich and famous if only they would think better thoughts. And you know I think there's 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 a limit to what's possible here with with the law of attraction. That's my take on it. Well, I mean, if we are the observer and we're creating our reality, I don't know. I mean, we, we don't have to put a label on it. I mean, I, you know, you can call it the law of attraction or you can call it whatever, you, you know, we can put a, a, a label on it. But the, the truth is if we observe it in our life or we can decide to change our circumstances, it's by choice. If we decide to do something about it, this is what I do. This is what my coach is all about. I, I tell my client, you can pretty much do anything if you have the skills, if you, have the, if you teach yourself how to improve yourself because you have to take action. So if a child in Africa was starving and we're going to tell them tomorrow they're going to be a millionaire, well, what's a realistic thing about this? But if I tell this child I'm going to provide you with the best education, I'm going to give you the tool to get you to succeed, then that's possible. Yes, uh, I agree completely. That's that's the issue that I that I have though is is that the, it's not magic that we're talking no, about here. Absolutely not. It's it's still something that requires uh, you to to think the right thoughts, to take the right actions, and and uh, and within the limitations of the the branching probabilistic fifth dimensional space that we're each moving within. There's an immense number of possibilities, and that's that's what I, I was saying before. Is is the thing that's so sad to me is the number of people who've been taught that the fourth dimension is all there is, and from that the deduction is 
that there is no free will and that everything that is about to happen really is inevitable. And that's, that's such a hopeless viewpoint, and yet there, there's still, within the education system, there's a huge number of people that are being taught that that's exactly what it is. Stephen Hawking's new book mm-hmm. says that, mm-hmm. that, that free will is an illusion. It's a useful illusion because it's a very complicated number of uh, actions that align with each other to cause the next event to happen. So effectively, it's hard for you to predict what the next action is going to be. But within his scientific viewpoint, it is inevitable that there is just one line that takes us from the Big Bang to the end of the universe. And we are like riders on a train who are moving forward with no ability to really change what the future is going to be. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I I, I totally am with you on that as well. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I think it it has to do a huge, big time with believing your beliefs that are existing within you right now. What you believe, and of course, who you listen to. You know, I mean, we influenced by um, by people and the news, the media telling us exactly what's going to happen and how we live and how we breathe and what we should buy and what we should, you know. So that creates, you know, our reality. Because if we listen to that, you know, we're going to create the reality that they want us to have, you know. But what I'm saying, like, you know, does the law of attraction exist? If you believe that you can create your own reality, then, yeah, you can call it the law of attraction because I have manifested a lot of things, but I have worked to get it done, you know. I mean, I I remember a time when I came, you know, um, to uh, the United States as a, you know, out of high school, and uh, I was so determined. I didn't speak. English. English wasn't my first language, my, my second language. So it was, it, but I was determined. I was driven. I believed I could do it. I knew there was nothing going to stop me. And I went after it. So I put things in place and I created the reality I am. And, and now, you know, I mean, of course, I still have accent. People hear me. I have a hard time pronouncing a few things, but I have a master's degree. So, you know, who to stop me and who to say that I can manifest what I want? I think it it's, it's really comes down to, you know, our own beliefs. Um, and I just want to add to that, the the one thing that you said that is really important there uh, re- relates to me to the concept of entrainment, mm-hmm. that uh, if you are aligning yourself with negativity and you are around negative people and you are allowing that negativity that comes from the media into your life, it's going to influence you just as much as the positive things that we've just been talking about. So it's important to uh, to keep in mind that uh, the law of attraction uh, can attract negativity into your life, too, if we're going to look at it absolutely. from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're absolutely 100% uh, um, correct about that. And, and that's why I always emphasize in my work, you know, with my clients and the people that I, I coach, you know, it's like who you surround yourself with, who you listen to, what kind of, you know, information are you taking in. It's what's going to determine what kind of person you're going to be, you know, uh, become. So um, it, it's really important. I mean, that's, that's something definitely is, is right here, right now, so that you can, you know, have control of it. In your book, um, you mentioned the timeline. I know you, you, you talked about it a little bit, but can you explain more what you mean with the, with the timeline? Yeah, uh, physicists uh, refer to what I'm talking about as the world line rather than the timeline. And so the idea that there is a world line for uh, the universe is the idea that there is this thing that is is a um, 
shape within space-time that represents the Earth moving through space and time is like a, a spiral. It's not a circle because the spiral represents it moving through time and space and, and rotating within the universe, and you get these, these uh, uh, structures that everything uh, that you're thinking about creates as it's moving through space-time. Uh, Bruce Sterling is a science fiction author uh, and futurist. He calls these structures spines, which I think is a very cool word for it. And in, in the uh, original 10th uh, Dimension animation that everybody's uh, uh, familiar with uh, uh, through my project, uh, I call it a long undulating snake, thinking of yourself from birth to death. There's this shape that represents you as a continuous structure that moved through time, and that's how you can think of yourself within the fourth dimension. Uh, the important thing, though, is, is we're not in the fourth dimension. We're in the fifth. So you look back to your birth, and you think that there's just this one line that got you from your birth to now, there really isn't. There was a fifth-dimensional structure of ornate patterns that you could have taken and in some cases did take that got you to now, and likewise, there's an ornate structure of possible branches that are connecting from now into the future to, to the end of your days. So what you're saying, is it really possible to travel in time? Would we get to that point where we actually can go back or can go move forward and, and, and change things or predict things or... I mean, I well, think we. I, I think it is. I mean, I, I, what am I? I'm not a physician. <laughs> yeah, there's a number of there's a number of scientific theories that talk about uh, the limitations of time travel and whether it will be possible. Most of them, uh, uh, you know, people like Michio Kaku has a, a couple of books that he's published about the physics of the impossible and and uh, I forget what the other one was called, but uh, physics of the future, I think it was. Um, where he talks about time travel and what's going to be possible. Uh, generally, the limitation is that it would take a huge amount of energy to be able to to actually um, do the kind of time travel jumping that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the, for us, uh, you know, when, when you think about that, that image that I showed in, in my original animation of if you were to be able to go back in time and, and give your, yourself as a, a child some great idea that was going to make you rich and famous in the future, um, what we're really talking about that's more useful to us right now is not that we could fold ourselves back through time, but that we can change our trajectories right now. And there's a different trajectory that you could go on right now from this moment forward within your fifth dimensional probability space if you chose to. And essentially what you would be doing is changing the, the trajectory that got you from now backwards. And, uh, and that's an important thing if you're on a trajectory right now that when you stop and think about it for a moment, you, you say, is this really the path I want to be on? And uh, so being able to, to think about it in those terms, that, that you really can, in a sense, change the past because you can change how the past is influencing you right now. Well, see, that's what I wanted to mention because I really truly believe that everything happens right now. You, when you think about your past, you think about it right now. When you think about the future, you think about it right now. And the thing is, I think within that kind of 
of understanding time travel is, is possible because if you can use your past experience, you can go back and say, you know, I've been in that situation before, and I know it went bad, so why would I repeat it? So you can bring back yourself to this, to this present moment and say, I'm not doing this again because it's shame on me if I do this again and, and get the same result. Or if I do something right now that I can go back in the future and try to imagine it or visualize it, I'm, I'm big on, on creative visualization because I think if you can bring yourself to that future moment and, and see that event happening and see what it will look like if you have done it in that time. But the beauty about this, you're still right now in this moment. So if you didn't like the picture that you, you saw in that future, you have the opportunity to change it right now. Yep. And I think for me, one of the most uh, powerful visualization tools that I, I learned a couple of years ago is uh, thinking back uh, to yourself as a child. If you were able to travel back in time right now to yourself as a child, what would you say to yourself mm -hmm. about how things are going right now? And uh, for me, the first time somebody told me to do that, I found it to be quite a moving experience. I mean, it's really one of those things that you you need to do, uh, you know, in a moment of contemplation. Uh, you know, us, us saying it right now makes it seem sort of banal, but uh, but really, if you if you stop and seriously think about that for a moment, uh, there's a great opportunity for you to decide right now whether you're really on the fifth dimensional path that you would like to be on what would you say to yourself as a child if you if that person was now to uh, to meet where you're at in your adult life would you uh, would you be able to say that uh, you are on the path that the child would like you to have been on yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I hear, you know, we hear this 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 cliche thing that people would say, like, you know, if I knew then what I if I knew then what I knew now, or something like that to that to that um, level, you know, I could have changed things. Well, okay, if you can take what you have known then, you know, I mean, like I I can go back to my my childhood experience and 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 really kind of see certain things, you know, that I've known. It, but I, I can tell you, at that time, I didn't have the, the, the tools and the experience. Like, if I'm a seven years old, I, I, I can't do much like I would do at my age right now, right? So sure. if I take the experience back then and I say, oh, well, if I knew then what I knew now, or if I knew now what I knew then, or whatever it is, vice versa, you got to take the, 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 what you have with you at that time. So, you know, you can say, like, I'm, I'm seven years old, I'm five years old, and I, 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 there's not much I can have done. I didn't know any better. Or, you know, or if we can, like, you know, some people blame their circumstances on, on, on the outside, you know, on other people or whatever it is, and I'm like, that person did that to me, or if, 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 uh, if this was not in my way or whatever it is, and they don't take full responsibility for it. Because I think when you do that in, right now, you can look at it as like, okay, do I have the skills, the, 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 the ability to do something about it right now, right now? Because back then I didn't have that. Sure. And the idea that uh, that you are letting things from your past affect you in a negative way is related to what I'm talking about. The idea that you can change your trajectory right now ties into this idea of Everett's many worlds interpretation of quantum physics and the idea that we're in the fifth dimension. Right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's why I was I was having lunch yesterday with um, a gentleman about a, a collaboration work business wise. 
and uh, and I was like, you know, please call in. I would like, you know, I would like to get, you know, I like to hear what people think, you know, because I'm always like trying to, you know, brainstorm with other people. I wanted to think because I always, I'm curious. I want to know more, and I want to know how people think, and 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 it, it's just like, you know, I think we we're getting closer and closer in in you know to each other as far as our mind, like telepathy. You know, like how do you how do you explain that? I mean, we can read each other's mind, or like when you think about somebody. You know, they call you or whatever it is. I mean, you know, but I, I, I lost my thought why I was talking about that. But anyway, but I know what I was going to say. I was going to say he asked me the question as follows. He's like, so how is it possible for us to travel to dimension? Or how can we see ourselves like, you know, your book, is it, can you imagine or imagine the 10th dimension? So if we are in the 5th dimension right now, how can I see myself in the 10th dimension? Or the seventh dimension, or whatever. Okay, sure. Uh, first of all, uh, let's go back to what what we started out talking about here. If you're looking at a map of North America and you look at that tiny little dot that represents New York, uh, that's kind of the difference between dimensions. Is each dimension is sort of a way of backing out and seeing things in a more complete, simultaneous picture. So by the time you're at the 10th dimension, you're in something that uh, uh, some physicists call the ultimate multiverse, or I've called it the omniverse uh, in some of my blog entries, uh, the ultimate ensemble, the uh, um, omega point. There's a lot of different uh, ways of, t of d talking about this, but what you're trying to think about by that point is something that includes absolutely every possible state for every possible universe and every possible information pattern that might not even be able to manifest itself as as a physical reality it's just a just a collection of information mm -hmm. so by the time you're backed out to that you and I are so tiny you can't even see us anymore you know that it's kind of like the, the all the people in New York are in that tiny little dot on the map they, they, they're not even really important to the picture anymore because you're looking at something much, much bigger. So that's basically what we're doing with each step beyond the fifth dimension is we're backing out to see more and more of that big, big picture where we become more connected, more simultaneous, really more inconsequential because the thing that's most interesting about us is what's happening here right now. Right, right, okay. So, so let's let's work through these dimensions then. Um, if you're talking about uh, spatial dimensions again, let's let's keep that in mind that we're talking about spatial dimensions. There's something called the point line plane postulate that uh, uh, in geometry, this is the standard way for you to be able to imagine any number of spatial dimensions. So if you take out a piece of paper right now mm -hmm. and you put a point on that paper, you could say that that's representing a dimension. Uh, that point is what's called indeterminate size in geometry. And indeterminate doesn't mean it's really small. It means it can be any size you choose to imagine it to be. So that point on the paper in front of me right now could encompass the entire universe. If I wanted to imagine it at that size, that's what indeterminate means. Any size, big, small, in between, those are all uh, acceptable 
ways for you to imagine that point because it's just a geometric point and that's uh, that's in my original animation what I say the, the point has no size, no dimension. Uh, it's really indeterminate so it could be any size, any dimension when you start with a point. But if we think about that point representing uh, uh, the third dimension, the entire universe, again let, let's keep in mind that the third dimension is space without time. So if I'm going to think of another point, I have to think of another point that isn't within the now, the, the timeless version of the universe that is represented by that point. And if I draw a second point, the point line plane postulate tells me that x plus 1. So if the third dimension was x, the line represents the dimension x plus one, or the fourth dimension. So you can you can keep using this logic all the way up if you can think of a point that encompasses the entire dimension, and then think of another point that uh, that isn't within that current dimension. You thought of a, a way of getting to the next dimension up. Are you with me so far? I am. I'm. I'm so you have to connect the dots, basically. Basically, you you connect the dots. And the point line plane tells you that uh, that once you've connected the dots, you've got a line, mm -hmm. and now that line extends to infinity in either direction. If you can think of another point that isn't on that line, that gives you a way to think of another dimension, which is x plus 2. Right. So, again, the, what we're doing here then is a simple me mental exercise. Once you get to that dimension x plus 2, if you can then... Think of a point that encompasses all of that dimension, then you've got a way to do the, the same trick again. You can think of that point representing dimension x, and then you can get to a dimension x plus 1 and an identity dimension x plus 2. And uh, in, in my animation, I referred to it as the line branch fold for the way that you can you can think about the, the yeah, different right. spatial dimensions stacked on, uh, stacked on top of each other. It's really the same logic as what's known as the point line plane postulate. And if you Google that, you'll you'll see there's Wikipedia articles and stuff about to, about that. That's not something I made up. That's a that's well, a real thing that is used for referring to spatial dimensions. But I mean, see, I think I, I, the things what I'm you know what I'm trying, and I know probably a lot of the listeners or people who, you know, out there who read your book or, or know of this, they said, how can we reach a higher dimension? Or can, how can we see ourselves in a multi-dimension where we are from now? So, I mean, by connecting the dots, I mean, I can understand the concept, but in, in you know, in doing it, does it really make me move? I mean, without, you know, like, I mean, I know, you know, I've, I've, I, Trust me, I've Googled a lot of things, and I've, I know people like use holocentric, uh, what do you call it, like uh, some um, mind-altering uh, um, uh, drugs to kind of like, you know, drive them to see a different, <laughs> different time and zone. We don't want to do that, and I'm not willing to do that. So, I mean, in reality, if I wanted to do, I mean, I can do, like, for instance, I meditate. I mean, I think meditation could be a possibility. Can we see ourselves doing certain things to kind of like, you know, uh, bring us to are you with me? I'm not sure if I explained it right i mean i I guess like the whole concept of moving or or to a higher Absolutely. meditation is a great example of of the the power that we have within us right 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 okay. Yeah. okay so uh but let's let's work back 
still to this point line plane postulate because I think it, it does tie to what you're talking about. Um, we have to accept, first of all, that for our physical bodies, the far, furthest we can go is the fifth dimension. We're a point in the fifth dimension, but that point can be of indeterminate size. And so, the, again, if you're thinking of it just being the right here, right now, thing that you're seeing right in front of you as a point, that point could also then encompass the entire universe. And if you think of that then in terms of the, the branching probability space that we're, we're talking about, there's all the different versions of the universe and there's all the different versions of you that connect right now within the fifth dimension that are encompassed by that point. And so all these different things that we're talking about, getting to the best possible you in the future, changing your trajectory to, uh, to uh, allow things that were negative in your past not to have the same effect upon you right now, all of those are thinking about this structure within the fifth dimension as being this, this giant ornate thing that is much more complicated than the simple line of time that, uh, that uh, traditionally, in the, and particularly in the 20th century, everybody was taught that that's all there was, was this one line that got you from the beginning to the end. It's this much more complicated structure in that because it's within the fifth dimension, not the fourth. So is, is space a black hole? What, I mean, how do you, what do you think about the black hole? I mean, I, you know, like I, I've watched a video on, on the, I think the one time you, you posted a video on your uh, wall on Facebook, and it was from Science, uh, I can't remember the website. But I've seen a video on there um, that indicated that the whole universe started from nothing after the Big Bang. And, and, and when you think of a, a big, giant hole, and it was like nothing, and then here you go. This, this universe or this, this, this world that we live in or so we know, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about that? What is the, I mean, is that really even possible? <laughs> well, there is, uh, yeah, there's actually a, some, some fairly strong schools of thought now that say that uh, black holes could very well be how you get to other universes because uh, they're, in essence, they're space-time turned on its edge and uh, once you go through that black hole, you could get to a completely different universe. There's also versions in physics that talk about bubble universes that are constantly bubbling up uh, within one of these larger structures that we're talking about that are, are much more into that big picture reality. And there's uh, uh, something called the landscape multiverse that, uh, that talks about uh, how you might be able to uh, use quantum tunneling to burrow from one of those universes to another. Again, all those kind of concepts for me are so disconnected to what you and I are in that they're, they're more intellectually interesting, but they're not as useful to us for what we're trying to get to. I don't really need to get to a universe that has a different value of gravity or a, a different speed of light or any of those things, but understanding that those all exist out there within this much larger uh, omniverse of possibilities is a way of understanding our position within that map that we're talking about here. So, uh, so uh, for me, the fifth dimension is really the most important dimension. But uh, if we're going to talk about imagining the fifth dimension as this large point where all those different possible use from the beginning of time to the end of time and, and the different versions of the universe that connect to now, there's so many versions of the universe that don't connect to now. 
And that's, again, how we get to this idea of what is the sixth dimension. There's a version of the universe where Michael Jackson isn't dead right now. And we can't get to that universe. It's not part of our fifth dimensional probability space because there's zero probability that Michael Jackson is alive right now. There's a version of the universe where the Twin Towers are still standing in New York. We can't get there from here because it's not part of our fifth dimensional probability space. Mm. So all those kinds of things that we're talking about then are how we get to a point that represents that point line plane postulate idea again. If we're going to draw a second point that isn't part of our fifth dimensional point, then that's how we get to the sixth dimension. So uh, in the same way, there's that moral question again. There's all the versions of you that could have made the bad choice, could have done the dishonest thing, could have chosen to, uh, to, to uh, you know, do the things that we don't want to do. Those are in the sixth dimension rather right, than the fifth. Right, right, yeah. No, I mean, you know, this is, this is the underlying truth about our reality, though. What is the underlying truth about our reality? I mean, you know, obviously what we care about is right now, what we, you know, the dimension that we are in and where we're heading, but could that affect also what's out there, our own existence? And what can we do right now to prevent, you know, humanity from, you know, distinct, being distinct? I mean, I mean we, we, if we keep doing what we're doing right now, I think we're really hitting that way. I mean, I think it, there's a lot of destructive things going on, you know, on 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 uh, on a multi level, you know, in the world that it's it's showing that the the world is heading for uh, for not so good, uh, you know, yep. future. Let's put it yep. that way. Unless we do something right now, and so what dimension would that be? I mean, do we need to take ourselves into that future and 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 see ourselves what would happen if I mean if our resources got depleted if we keep uh, our a global warming, you know, getting worse and worse, and 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 think. I mean, we haven't. I mean, here in the Northeast, we haven't really seen the sun, you know, for for a while. You know, it's been like raining, and 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 you know, we had the flood and hurricane and and all these things, which normally like we'll have tropical storms, but we don't really have hurricane. So this is an effect of other, you know, obviously of, of global warming, whatever, etc. But my point is what I'm trying to say. What we care about is our reality right now, or whatever is what we observe to be reality, and how we can prevent our own, you know, uh, humanity to be distinct. I mean, what 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 is it that we can do right now? I mean, on 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 the average person to to do something. I mean, something positive that is going to bring us to you know to understand that we really need to take some action. I mean, what dimension is that? What time and space is that? I mean. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, you played one of my songs, and let's let's talk about that a little bit. I know uh, all together. Uh, Right, I've got this this uh, YouTube channel that has uh, the 26 songs that I attached to the end of my book. It also has about 400 other videos that uh, have talked about some of the different ideas, and people can go to that at uh, youtube.com slash 10th dim. Uh, if they do that, there's a song called The End of the World. And uh, so what we're talking about here is how can we avoid the end of the world uh, becoming part of our fifth dimensional probability space. And it, it, it definitely is part of our fifth dimensional probability space right now. But looking back in time, 
the fifth-dimensional end of the world that everybody was predicting Y2K was going to be the end of the world. Everything was going to come crashing down and all the computers were going to fail. That must have existed as one of the possible futures back then, but it's no longer part of our fifth-dimensional probability space right now. So this, this now that we're in is constantly evolving and we need to find a way then to get to the version of the fifth dimensional future probability space that doesn't involve the cataclysms that you're talking about occurring. How can we do that when we're just one person? And the fact is, we can't. It's impossible for me to change the world through just me thinking good thoughts about about the the, uh, the world is not going to end uh, and all of, all of those environmental catastrophes are going to happen. That's something that needs to happen as part of a global uh, change of of uh, opinion and a, and basically uh, what we're talking about is uh, what's called by physicists the consensus reality. We need to find ways for people to connect together to start to change our consensus reality so that we start to move towards the better future where those environmental catastrophes don't occur. And uh, unfortunately, as, as you were saying before, there's all these other negative things that are happening in the world that are, are pushing against that, that are trying to, to keep the negativity happening. And, and really all we can do is, is continue to talk to each other, find ways to use the, the uh, connections that the Internet affords us that 20 years ago we didn't have to be able to help each other get to the more positive future. Well, that's what it is. You just said it, and I didn't want to interrupt you because I think, you know, we live in a great time right now. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to each other. The small becomes, the world becomes smaller and smaller. And I think on the personal level, yes, we can make a difference. If I reach out to you and you reach out to somebody else and we keep in that conscious uh, 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 world going, like we keep telling each other, okay, so this is what's going on, how can I prevent? Can you tell somebody else or someone else, you know, telling? It's, I mean, people, it's like the minute things happen, it gets tweeted and the whole world knows about it. Okay, yeah. so why can we keep that information running? I mean, like I said, we live in a, in a great time right now that we have those kind of tools to use, which we didn't back, you know, whatever it was at, at a different time. And, and yeah, I, I think we can, you know, change things right now in this dimension in our own you know, lifetime right now. If we start doing something about it right now, but uh, absolutely. But that's that's the thing is it requires that consensus reality requires more than just one person to do it. We have to work together to do it. We lost Jake. Jake tried to call you and explain to you his questions, but uh, I think he was online for a while. So he was holding on. Uh, Jake, if you are listening, call back. Um, we got a few minutes with Rob here. But Rob, um, will consciousness? I mean, where does consciousness live? Well, consciousness. Uh, if you're if you're talking, well, we we're talking about the uh, the idea that there's a left brain and a right brain part to our consciousness. Then I would say the left brain part is very localized. It's tied to the physical that uh, that we're in, and the right brain part is tied to that larger structure that uh, exists uh, in that version of uh, us that is that point of indeterminate size. And how much we want to uh, to have that fifth dimensional part of our right brain awareness connect to the other parts of us is something we can control somewhat, but not completely. There is still 
you know, you you aren't going to be able to to be able to connect to absolutely everybody right now uh, because what what you're talking about really then is a form of ultimate enlightenment that uh, you know global consciousness. Yeah, that that uh, we we'd love to move to, but we're not there yet. So, uh, but yeah, I think the um, the idea that <clears throat> excuse me that uh, that we're able to uh, to see positive motion happening here is one of the things that's been most exciting for me. And you know, it's it's back to that idea that you know when I was much younger man coming up with this, these ideas. There was no way for me to get those ideas out in the world. Now, through the power of the internet and people telling each other about these ideas, we're we're looking at something that has really touched millions and millions of people around the world. I found you, and I remember when you added me to Twitter, I said, "I'm adding you to my 10th dimension." And I thought that was so cool. That was a while ago when you know I think I was listening to you on something, and I got I came across your book, and I'm like, "Oh my God, what a fascinating man!" And I wanted to learn more. And I remember adding you to my Twitter, and and and. Uh, <laughs> I think you were <laughs> so you know, like I said this in this world. So um so will consciousness combined with physics can give us understanding of what is reality? You think? Well, we're we're certainly moving towards that direction, but uh, part of this may still always be something that that if you're a hardcore scientist not willing to embrace any of the spiritual side uh, you you may never be able to get everybody on board from that. Mm. But, uh, you know, for, for people that are interested in looking at these ideas in a broader context, I think we are moving towards that. And I think there's many, many new uh, indications within uh, scientific uh, exploration that there is a lot more of these kinds of connections that, uh, that are happening. You know, the idea that... Uh, uh, placebo mm-hmm. uh, effect is becoming uh, much more strong nowadays than it was 20 years ago. That there's there's drugs like Prozac that if they were tested right now, uh, they would be no stronger than placebo or only slightly stronger than placebo. Uh, you know, something is changing. We're seeing evidence of that in a number of different ways, and uh, uh, you know, uh, the new science of epigenetics also is another one that really fascinates me. The idea that that just through changes in lifestyle and attitude, you can change the way your DNA is expressed. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. I'm a big, big believer of that. It, it, it is 100% true to that. Um, yeah. you know, we but again, those, those are ideas that 20 years ago would have just been pseudoscience. People would have like, thank just you turned their nose up at it. Right. Now it's becoming the mainstream. Right, right. Well, I mean, in my way, the, the way that I can, I can say I can understand, uh, uh, when we can understand consciousness, I mean, the only way to understand consciousness is when we observe it, the observer, like itself. Like, you know, if we witness ourselves, you know, being present, you know, that's where you can understand consciousness because that's what consciousness is <laughs> to me. I mean, at least that's what I think, you know. Um, the word created from nothing sure. and, 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 and because somebody has thought of something. I mean, like, you know, everybody, someone's thought of, of having the speakers that I'm talking to you on right now it, to existence, right? I mean, everything that happens, somebody has thought about it, and that's, that's consciousness, I mean, for the way I was. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I mean, we didn't get a chance uh, to talk about your uh, your company, um, Talking Dog uh, um, Studio. Any new projects you're working on? 
that I would like to hear. I know you've got one going on right now with Omni. I can't remember. Well, that. Talking Dog Studios, yeah, we've we've been uh, doing audio and music for various television shows and films uh, for a number of years, including Corner Gas, which is the most successful uh, scripted television show ever produced in Canada. But right now we're working on uh, a number of augmented reality projects that uh, really tie nicely to this idea of of there being more to our reality than what, what, what we're observing around us. We just created a, uh, a set of augmented reality kiosks that are on display at the Mall of America in a, in a, oh, in a yeah. environment called the Create Your Mario Mayo Clinic Experience. And it's a, um, it's a set of kiosks that allow you to see uh, highly detailed 3D models of various parts of the body. Uh, augmented reality is, is uh, something that we got into through the discussions that we were having about uh, ways to be able to create uh, content for the 10th dimension audience, but it's turned out to be a really fascinating way for uh, the creative people at Talking Dog Studios to be able to, uh, to move into new uh, areas of exploration as well, so it's very exciting for me. Oh, this sounds really good. I, I look to, you know, look forward to hear more about it and, and uh, see what else you've been doing. Um, Rob, you've been fantastic guests. I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted to have you here and, and speak with you. I, I'd like to uh, to talk to you more. I mean, it's it's, it's a fascinating topic. It, it really is, and, and I think uh, we live in a fascinating world. And and uh, but it's so much to explore, so much to learn about, and so much to uh, um, to tell. And and and, and you know. It, the story is in an, in um, uh, I think we off the air right now, but but leave us with something. I mean, tell us something, or you know, I mean, this will be archived, so don't worry about it. Even though that we're not live, it will be archived. Um, leave us with something that our listener can can like make them think about and, and just say, you know what, maybe I really need to do something, or I need to view my life in a different way, so I can change my life for the better. Because after all, I mean. I always set my intention for this show is really to try to make a difference in the world, helping one person at a time. So what can we do to help somebody out there? Well, first of all, let me say uh, there's a constant exploration of new ideas happening for me when I go to, uh, I'd invite people to go to 10thDimension.com slash blog, and uh, you'll always be able to see some of the new ideas. For me, that's what it's about is, is this constant creative force that exists within the universe is what drives life, what drives the, the universe that we're observing right now. And uh, anything that you can do to enhance your sense of wonder uh, about that universe is going to help you move forward in a more positive way. And having an attitude of gratitude, mm -hmm. of thankfulness for what you have mm -hmm. is also, it's an extreme important thing. One of the blog entries that uh, you can find if you go to my YouTube channel or, or my blog is uh, called Gravity and Love. And the idea that there's, there's this entrainment, this attraction that happens uh, to keep the universe from flying apart too quickly, tying that idea to love as something that also pulls things together and attracts positive energies mm -hmm. to each other is a very uh, powerful idea. Oh, that's fascinating, and thank you so much, because that's truly what it is, because, you know, after all, um, human experience two emotions, love and fear, and if we come from a place of love and gratitude and, and, and appreciation, um, like as much as I appreciate you and I love you for being who you are, I'm so grateful that you came 
to, you know, you are in my dimension. I, I, I'm so glad I found you, and I'm, I'm so glad I'm speaking with you, and it truly is an honor to have you. Thank you so much, and with all love and gratitude to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right, my friends, I, I want to thank you again so much for being here. Um, it's been a great, great conversation with um, with Rob Bryanton. He is an amazing man. You want to learn more about him, make sure you check out his website. Check out his uh, um, his blog, his channel on YouTube. He got a lot of great videos out there, you know, talks and explains about, you know, his projects and, and, and his book, The Tenth Dimension, and even imagining uh, um, the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension. I mean, we already live in our, like as he's mentioned, in the fifth dimension. So uh, um, check out his blog. Check out his uh, his videos. And uh, if you have any questions, you know, you feel free to contact me um, at uh, info at coachingbyria.com. You can also call me direct using Skype, Coach Ria, or my direct line, 908-655-8184. Remember, you are an amazing and be always amazing. Go out there and make a difference in the world. Help one person, one person at a time, and see if you can change the world helping one person at a time. Namaste. Take care, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.